because Sid's name still isn't in the intro for Trophy Horse, and it definitely needs to be. You are listening to Trophy Horse with your hosts, Tricky Mick, Alex, I Yield to No One, Steve, and Troy. Hello, everybody. You are listening to episode 374 of the Trophy Horse Podcast. Of course, you're not hearing Alex, because I'm hosting this week, but the man, the myth, and the legend is with us. Yeah, don't get worried, listeners. I'm still here. I didn't I didn't jump ship. We've got ourselves a nice little uh, bundle of topics to go over, but before we do that, let's get into our updated trophy count. Tricky is sitting at level 39, trophy count of 98.15, and a platinum count of 117. Steve is at a level 15 with a trophy count of 20.89 and a platinum count of 11. Sid is level 35, trophy count of 82.77 with a plat count of 86. And then there's Alex. I'm level eight done shit much on the PlayStation. <laughs> uh, yeah, I used to, I think it was like, as far as the US goes, I think it was like top 5,000 as far as like trophy go, trophies go and all that on PS profiles. <coughs> Excuse me. That's surely going to change because I'm just not playing a whole hell of a lot of PlayStation. I am thinking about how I can spend that $25 you sent me wisely. Um, excuse me. How I can use wisely the $25 that you sent me for Christmas yield. Uh, but for now, I'm, I'm not really doing a whole lot on the PlayStation 4. Although we do have a news topic coming up later that can maybe entice me back to the PlayStation 4 to show the uh, the people on the Xbox One how we play Rocket League on PS on the PlayStation and the PlayStation Nation. That's right. And then I am sitting at a level 27, a trophy count of 5684, and a platinum count of 86. So... Mr. I haven't been playing much. What have you been playing? I've just been playing the Nintendo Switch. Um, been kind of just hunkered down and trying to uh, get a bunch of uh, shiny Pokemon in both Go and Pokemon Let's Go on the Switch. So, uh, yeah, that's been eating up quite a bit of my time. And like I like I've, you know, told Ashley when I talked to her, it's really nice to not start a game and then have to worry about like a trophy percentage or completion percentage. It's... I don't know, I feel like so much more free because I can actually do the stuff I want to do. It's not like, oh hey, in Pokemon Let's Go, get hundred, like get 10 Pokemon to level 100. No, if you want to get Pokemon to level 100, you can. If you want to hunt for Shinies, you can. It's like, if you want to stop playing the game after you beat the Elite Four, you can. Um, and it's just really nice to not have to worry about trophies. You know, I'm sure that there's, you know, we talked about some games coming out for the PlayStation this year, Psychonauts 2, uh... The newest version of Crash Team Racing, like, there are things that are going to draw me back to the PlayStation, but right now it's, it's kind of a quiet time, um, you know, January, February is not necessarily a hotbed of games for the PlayStation, uh, I wasn't really all that enticed by what was coming out this month for Plus, so I think I'm just going to kind of ride easy, uh, keep playing the Switch, uh, just keep my eyes open for what comes out of the PlayStation, um, but it's just kind of like stress-free game, I, I shouldn't say that trophies are, like, getting trophies are stressful, but I do feel like more of an itch to kind of play the game necessarily more than I w- would want to and play games in like ways that I wouldn't necessarily do normally or that I wouldn't want to uh, just for the sake of fulfilling requirements that, you know, somebody off in Sony Santa Monica or wherever decided to put in the game. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much all I've been playing. Cool. Cool. Um See, I, I don't think there's nothing coming out for me until the end of April, which is Days Gone. So, well, you've been playing a lot of the racing games on on the, the PlayStation. So, I mean, you seems like you got your hands full. I do. I've been working on current games, working on my backlog. So, I've been playing, playing some Atari Four. Uh, fired back up some Onrush because I was working on 
we talked about the cards. Yeah, you were close. You were close to that platinum, or you were you were edging towards it. I, I still am. I'm at fifty nine percent. But on, when you play online, for every win, you get a hundred, basically like a hundred star points, hundred points, basically. And those you can apply a card for that during this uh, event that they got going on. And then there are three levels to that card. So you know, I was. Four wins away from getting a front end loader skin for one of the cars. So I was playing that one night because I'm like, well, I'm only four wins away. It took an hour, but so I got that. Um, fired back up the division, played some with Tricky. He was wanting to play, was power leveling me. I went from nine to 16. Did he get you a bunch of those shields you needed? Uh, no, they weren't, they weren't collecting for me or popping for me. And it wasn't any fun for me because everybody was scaled to his level, so I wasn't getting any kills. I was just you, you were you were like a mouse at a cat party. I was. I was just there. So it wasn't any fun. So now I went from nine to level sixteen and I'm just like, now I gotta start over. Because like even though you're a higher level, like everyone else at that level is more like more powerful than you and, like, better stock than you, so you're basically just screwed. I was. I was. And then when Tricky left my game, everybody came back down to the level I was at, but I was just like, yeah, I my game's tainted. I got to start over. Is it tra- tainted because Tricky helped you or because you feel dirty with the way Tricky helped you? I feel dirty because of the way he helped me. At first, I was like, okay, it's no big deal. And then after it happened, I was like, yeah, I know. Nah, we can't continue this game. See, if it scales to the highest player, which it seems like it does, I don't see the incentive for someone like you to play with one of their friends who's been playing a while, like Tricky. Because if someone's been playing a while and you jump in a game with him, you're going to get slaughtered because you really are like, I mean, you might as well be Quick Draw McGraw at like World War II. Yeah, exactly. So I also played some, I spent yesterday during Snowmageddon, which was kind of a total disappointment for us because we got more rain how much how much snow did you all end up with uh well by the time the snow fi- the rain finally moved out and the snow came through uh, we probably got f- three to five but it's hard to tell because we had a lot of wind last night so there were areas that were really deep and areas that weren't so it's kind of hard to tell I'm thinking pro- I'm thinking probably three to five because a lot of the snow was melted or already frozen from the rain. So, I'm thinking we got three to five. Well, here, one of the defining features of Louisville um, is that people hear a snow report and they freak the fuck out like we don't have snow plows here, like we live in Atlanta, and the entire city shuts down with like two inches. Um, But people run to the grocery stores and spend needless amounts of money when we get like a call for three or four inches. A couple weeks ago, we got a call for one to eight inches, which is... Very intelligent by the Weather Channel, because I'm sure they're uh, tired of people talking shit about how they're always wrong by the weather. Uh, so, like, hey, let's just give a wide range, and then we're, we're right either way. But, of course, none of the snow sticks to the ground. All the roads are plowed. People freak out for nothing. Oh, yeah. I heard that my wife went to the grocery store on Friday when she got off work. She said there was, like, one parking spot opened in the whole grocery place. There was, like, nothing there. Everything she went to get at the store was basically sold out. And the roads are fine today. I mean, I'm sure the back roads suck, but the main roads are fine. I mean, I guarantee that there is, you know, there are like a generation of people that remembers like a huge snow where they might have been trapped in their house. But I've never been trapped in my house. Like, I remember there were like the worst snow day I remember ever, um, where I probably should not have gone out, but I still did, was the day that I went to pick up Bioshock 2 at a local mire when there was snow all over the place, and I still made it home okay to play Bio and got to play Bioshock 2 all day. So, like, there's never been a situation where I've been snowed in, where I had cabin fever because I literally could not leave my house. So I spent all day yesterday playing Red Dead 2, which I enjoyed and got frustrated with, but I still enjoyed it. And then I've all, I also, throughout the week, fired up a new game I picked up during the holiday sale called Guns, Gore, and Cannoli. All right, well, you're going to have to... Uh... Expound upon that because I'm intrigued simply by the name alone. So you play as uh, a, an enforcer for the mob. And 
the mob sends you into Thug City to retrieve a to retrieve a guy. So you go in there, and apparently there's been some strange things going on with Thug City. They don't know what's going on. And so when you get there, there are zombies trying to basically eat you. So you have to fight your way through the zombies plus other mob people to save this guy. And it's it, it's a side scroller, so it's 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 fun. I'm enjoying it. It may be fun, but I I just don't know how like we just shove zombies to, into everything and then that makes it more interesting. I'm yeah, I could care less if it was zombies. I was just kind of the the, the trailer alone, the, the you know the little cutscenes and playing as somebody you know an enforcer for the mob. I'm like, all right, I dig this. So the cannoli is just the the mob connection right there. You don't actually fight people with cannolis or eat cannolis or save cannolis. You eat cannolis to get your health back. Everyone run to your your local grocery store on Monday because, or I guess I should say tomorrow, because cannolis heal you. Confirmed. If you've got some kind of illness, cannolis will heal you. Cannolis will heal you. You'll get your health back instantly. Delicious and helpful. I've never actually had a cannoli. I don't think I have either. Oh, I thought you were speaking from experience. No, my my heritage is Scottish English. Although I've never had uh, never had haggis either. So, and I'm from Kentucky, and I don't drink bourbon a lot. I don't like bourbon. I've had it. I don't like it. So I guess I'm not necessarily following the heritage guidelines of where I come from. No, you're not a true Kentuckian. I mean, I'm a true Louisvillian. I mean, that's odd. I think that that's more of a compliment than saying you're a true Kentuckian, <laughs> but I'm not sorry, Kentucky. He's not sorry. No. Let's move into our topics. Well, hold on. Like, that that game, um, Guns, Gore, and Cannoli. Yes. Uh, long game, how are the trophies? Uh, is it a long game, short game, and how are the trophies? Uh, I, haven't, I haven't beat the game yet. Uh, there are some tough trophies in there. Just by looking at the list, there's no platinum. So it's just hundred percent when you get it all. Um, the bo- the couple of boss battles were like they were tough, and I don't know if it was because I wasn't properly picking the right weapon to use. I mean, I would die a few times going through the level, but I believe that was because I was using I wasn't being diligent. Switching between weapons at the correct times. And then I would just get kind of beat by, you know, a certain zombie or, or a certain set of zombies. So, and so I check, I chalk that up to just me being too much one-dimensional. But then you get to the boss fights and the difficulty seems to kind of crank up a couple of notches when you get there. So that was slightly annoying, but I've been able to get by both boss battles. So, you know what you're really doing right now with all these zombies in here is you're preparing for Days Gone, and I know they're not necessarily zombies chasing after you in Days Gone, but I think they're called freakers, right? Yes. Okay, well they're they're zombie like. I mean, you you would run from them like you would run from zombies in um oh twenty one days later or twenty eight days later, excuse me. Uh, so you would definitely run from the Freakers like you would run from some zombies in Guns, Gore, and Cannoli. So, I mean, you're just prepping for April. I'm prepping for April, man. I'm getting my I'm getting my shooting down, my zombie kill, and aim for the head. See, that's the thing like about Days Gone. It's like, no matter how good you are at shooting, is it really going to matter? I mean, are you just like shooting some zombies, like some of the Freakers that get close to you and then running from the rest? Or can you actually like make a dent in the freaker hordes so that you can get to like safety more easily or quicker or just be less stressed. Well, I think some hordes you can wipe out because I've seen a couple of videos where um, they were doing like a challenge where there were like 300 freakers in a pit and you had to wipe them all out. And so people were taking different runs through to try to wipe them all out. So I do believe that you can make a dent, but it's not going to be like 
you're not going to be able to like draw a line in the sand and go, okay, I'm going to mow down all 300 and I'm going to stay right here. Yeah, I imagine you have to use the environment to your advantage. Like, because if it was just like a hurricane of freakers coming at you at all times, that would get exhausting. Like, if all of Crash Bandicoot was the segments where you ran towards the screen with a boulder coming after you, that would be exhausting. So they've got to find, like, moments of peace. Like, Dead Space was great about that, where you would be in these, like, high-intensity fights with the Necromorphs, but then there were moments of silence where you got to recoup and, like, just have a moment just to kind of get all your shit together. So I really hope Days Gone isn't just, like, an adrenaline rush for, like, 10, 12, 14 hours, however long it is. Like, I, I hope it's not just a wave of freakers after you at all times. Because that would be exhausting. It would be. I'm hoping that it's not. I know that I've I've read a few things where they've said there are multiple ways to attack any hideout or go after any situation. They were talking about, uh, one of the things I remember reading was... Uh, you do a mission where you have to go get some medical supplies. So you go over to this uh, outpost, and it used to be an evacuation site. So medical supplies are in the building. You're trying to get to the building. The building's locked, so you're figuring out how to try to unlock it. You see a generator outside, so you find some gas. They dump the gas in the generator, they fire it up, door opens up, problem is, when the generator fired up, so did it not only powered up the door, but it powered up the evacuation speakers. So the speakers start going off, which then made a lot of noise. Well, that drew in the neighboring freakers. So they had to fight off the freakers that wandered in because they made too much noise. And, and and it said in the article, you know, had you disabled the speakers or found another way in, you would have avoided a whole fight. So I'm going to die a lot in this game until I really start to think of, I got to think outside the box when approaching stuff. I think another interesting element to that game could be, because it was one of, I mean, it's an element in The Walking Dead, and it's also one of my favorite elements from Resistance 3, and that's the human element, because when things start to go to shit like this, that's when you see it's not just, like, freaker against human, it's human against human. People trying to survive, people fucking each other over so that they can live, and, like, maybe pushing a friend into the freakers, or, like, shooting a friend in the leg so that the freakers go attack them and they can get away. So I think that if this game, that's one thing that I want specifically to see out of this game, it's not just how the freakers and uh, the main, the protagonist and and you know the uh, AI like how all that all that interacts. I want to see like the human element and if that becomes part of the story because I think that you can't have one of these settings or one of these games without that human element to it, like the human like human on human atrocity. Exactly. Well, do you remember the EA demo from 2017 where he gets knocked off his bike from rope across the road? And then he ends up using the freakers to clear out the lower level of the hideout. And then he goes upstairs to rescue his buddy. Remember that? I don't remember that, but I mean, that sounds a little bit like what I was talking about. So, I mean, that's kind of what, he, you know, that's, that's kind of what he did. He comes down, there's an outpost camp before the main camp, and he kind of, you know distracts them, gets them caught in a bear trap, and they all try to free the guy in the bear trap. He sneaks around, blows a hole in their fence, and all the freakers come running through and wipe out and chase away everybody on the lower level, and he just comes walking up, walks upstairs, and then takes care of the one guy who's got his buddy hostage, and then, you know, the the, the trailer kind of ends. Well, they a, a few months later... They showed the behind the closed doors of that same mission, but being done at daytime to, to show how, you know, depending on when you do the mission, it can drastically change. So they did the mission during the daytime, going down the road, the wolves don't attack him, and he sees the rope across the road that he ran into in the other demo. So he stops. Sneaks around, takes out the guys 
who were going to try to knock him off his bike easier this time, and then goes into the camp a different way, but this time he has to fight his way up to his buddy because, you know, you came around a different way to the camp, so now you've got snipers or lookouts in the trees and stuff like that. And I was like, wow, so it kind of matters on when you approach a mission. So that's kind of a, that, that was like a different dynamic. That's really cool that the, the time of day can affect what you, like the, the enemies you have to face, like the layout of everything and like the way you have to go about completing missions and saving people. I really like that they implemented that because, uh, you know, if I had my choice, like, I mean, contending with wolves or people, like I would probably try to contend with people. And also because freakers come out at night. Yeah, well, and and it, it varies your playthrough a little bit because I mean, you and I could both be playing the game, and I can be like, "Oh, dude, you know, this happened to me," and blah blah blah, and you could be like, "Well, no, I did that mission, and none of that happened to me except until I got here." Then our stuff kind of intertwines. So I like that because then, you know, in in a sense, no no playthrough would be exactly the same, and your buddies may not have the same playthrough that you did. Well, yeah, I don't think there's too so many branching paths like between day and night and like the, the ways you can tackle a mission. I, I say mission, but like the ways you can tackle an objective um, to make everyone's experience completely different. But it is nice that like people can go about things differently. Like Dishonored, Dishonored, you had different ways about uh, completing tasks and missions, about getting through each chapter. You could be more stealthy or you could just kind of go in and just attack people. Um, but it's nice when they give people options. So I definitely think it's really awesome that, you know, day or night, it, it actually matters when you go into a certain area and how you decide to take it down. But yield. Yes. There's some very not awesome things coming out of EA yet again, and guess what? They're all centered around Star Wars. You know, I, we're, we're going to go through this, and then I'm going to tell you what I read on Twitter a few days later. And you're all going to chuckle about it. So, I'm sure you've all heard, EA has canceled yet another, or not another, well, yeah, EA has canceled yet another Star Wars game. I know, you're all shocked. I, I hope you were sitting down or at least somewhere where you could save yourself from falling. Yeah, give somebody else the Star Wars license so they can... Yeah. They can... They can do what you want, which is make a really good Star Wars game. So the unnamed Star Wars game... Well, hold on. Was it the same one that was mentioned in the uh, the big IGN article that we talked about? Uh, about the biggest games coming out this year? No. It was basically... It was an unnamed game that was rebooted in 2017. Basically, it was the game that EA Visceral was working on. The one that it got canceled... And they were rebooting that one. That was the one that got canceled when Visceral. So basically, it was just the touch of death for what Visceral Visceral was working on. Yeah, and the project that was left, the skeleton of the project that was left afterwards. Yeah, when Visceral closed, EA moved the project to EA Motive, which had been working with Visceral on the game during its development. Uh, the game went through a number of changes. You know, we all knew that Amy Hennig was working on it. Can't catch a break, Amy Hennig. No. The only thing EA's put out has been Battlefront. Yeah, because Game Informer mentions Battlefront and Battlefront 2. Uh, in May, this comes from the article. In May 2013, Electronic Arts signed a 10-year exclusivity deal uh, for non-LEGO console and PC Star Wars titles. Um, and after five years, they note that Star Wars Battlefront and Battlefront 2 are the only games they've released... And they've also announced uh, the game that I mentioned earlier that IGN had in their top, uh, I think it was 31 games. Yeah. Top 31 biggest games coming out this year. Uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, which is going to be coming from uh, Respawn, the developers of Titanfall, supposed to be this year. But it just seems like, I don't know if EA just has too big of plans for Star Wars or their concepts are so like wide-ranging they can't just wrangle them and put them together that they're just completely out of control. Like, there's a lot, like, there's good intent there, and there's good ideas. It's just, it's so massive that they can't actually get anything out of it. I, I don't know. You've got you've got a 10-year project, you got a t you signed a 10-year deal, and you're five years in, 
and you still say you're committed to make several Star Wars games. So unless all of a sudden you're going to flood the market here in these last five years, you've produced two games. You've canceled two games. I don't have high hopes for for uh, Fallen Order just because their track record's not very good. And that's what the, the, the their, their Twitter response after this, or not after this game, but a, a couple week ago maybe, that, you know, hey, we're still committed to producing Star Wars games. And it's like, man, you better do something because I want me a good Star Wars game. And you got I mean, at this point, I would rather see Star Wars in the hands of Ubisoft. I, I think, that honestly, that EA, like, I, I would be shocked if they had actually, like, if they were recoup the amount of money they spent to license Star Wars for this amount of time. Because, I mean, the games themselves, like Battlefront and Battlefront 2, have been huge projects. They've cost a lot of money. It cost them a lot of resources and money with these two games that they've scrapped. And, you know, part of that was closing Visceral. So I would be shocked if they didn't just lose money on this entire deal when they really should have just turned it into gold. Yeah. I, and, and unless you produced an absolute crap game, Star Wars pretty much writes its own check. Yeah, I mean, you hardly have to market it. Yeah. So, something else that needs no marketing. Everybody's been wanting cross-play. You've been, have you been wanting cross-platform play, Alex? Yes, even if not for myself, if for everyone else who wants it. Because it should be a given. That 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 is that sounds amazing. Because me, I could care less. We we've talked about this on the show, but so everybody knows Fortnite's been having the uh, beta for cross-platform play. There has now been another game added into that beta. It's no surprise. It's Rocket League. Yeah, it continues to be one of the biggest games in the world. Uh, insanely fun multiplayer. They keep adding to it. I mean, this just makes sense. Sony, uh, yeah, I, I don't agree with Sony's excuses, essentially, they've had for not doing this sooner. But, obviously, Fortnite, uh, Rocket League, they are, you know, there's two huge games there that are cross-platform play, wildly popular. So, I mean, this is just good for fans, good for gamers. There are plenty of people that have friends who play on the Xbox that they cannot play with. So cross-platform play, it just it, it doesn't make sense not to have it. It does, and we and you know when we read about we read Sonny's excuses here on the show numerous times over the years, and we basically just pissed on because we're like, these are stupid. Like, why are we doing this? <sighs> so we're gonna stay with Fortnite. Everybody loves Fortnite except for me. Eh, I could do without it, See, but I, I'm fine with it. There, there, there are two people. I, I, I could care less. But we're going to stay with Fortnite. A recent report from Superdata. Fortnite was the top grossing game of 2018. It is. It had brought in the most annual revenue of any game in history. Alex, you care to take it a guess of how much revenue this game brought in in 2018? I mean, I'm not really guessing when I see it here on the agenda. I will say that I thought... Uh, Pokemon Go bringing in seven, over $700 million last year is pretty impressive. This blows it out of the water. So, I mean, let's be honest. Just just go ahead and tell them the, the number yield. $2.4 billion! Because of skin sales, emotes, and season passes. $2.4 billion is redonkulous. But here's the thing, like, are you really surprised? Because think about everywhere you go, kids are doing Fortnite dances every fucking where. Everyone knows, like, everyone who, like, whether you're 10 or you're 90, everyone knows what the, um, oh, f- what the fuck is that dance? Hold on, Ashley. The Floss. The Floss, yes, yeah, thank you. There you I go. swear I know what it is. I've seen it a thousand times before. Jonah does the Floss every 10 seconds when he's not doing something else. Yeah, my nephews do that. I'm just like, what are you guys doing? Oh, over the holiday season, like, Jonah was teaching, like, my uncle and my dad how to do the floss. Like, when we were doing, like, when Jonah was doing uh, flag football, like, in the fall, he would start flossing on the field while he was running. He would also floss, and then three other kids would start flossing, and then everyone on the field (laughs) would start flossing. Uh, I mean, you think about, like, 
this game has like perfect like just invaded pop culture in such a way that it's everywhere. I mean, the pinatas, the t-shirts, there are kiosks at the mall that have just Fortnite stuff. Um, I mean, the tattoos that people have, uh, and just the dances that are everywhere. I mean, we had a topic on here where they were considering outlawing dance, like Fortnite dances at schools because kids were using them, them to intimidate other kids. I mean, it's such a huge pop culture hit that while this number is bananas, it's not, it's not like, I, I completely believe this. Like, I can't, like, it's like, oh, no shit, this game made this much money. It's everywhere. It's not just Fortnite and, and what, I mean, it brought in the most. But premium games as a whole brought in $17.8 billion in 2018. Some of the biggest grossing paid games was FIFA 18 at $790 million. I think what we're seeing is that like, for a while there, like, the whole structure of releasing a game for $60 and then having everyone buy into that and then maybe buy DLC afterwards, like, well, some of the most profitable games are actually, like, free-to-play games, which entice you to buy, like, they get you hooked on the game, like, whether it be catching Pokemon or whether it be, like, whatever the fuck people do in Fortnite besides dance and shoot. Um, they get you to buy into the game and then they have you buy little small things, like, skins and emotes and stuff um so those seem to be going like trending to obviously fortnite was the most profitable one but it seems like some of those games are now the most profitable and it looks like the best business model yeah because you can keep supporting the game and like just having people buy like maybe people don't buy spend you know 60 bucks uh or you know maybe someone's only buying a dollar a dollar a day or like 20 bucks a month but you know that a lot up. of people yeah, a lot of people are spending so much money that it's actually eclipsing like a $60 tag. It's more than what they actually pay for a game at a store. Oh yeah. Call of Duty Black Ops 4 came in at 6 612 million. Red Dead 2 came out at 516 million, which I haven't played the online, so I don't know what you can buy there. And then even Netflix is saying that Fortnite is one of its biggest competitors well yeah because it's sucking everyone's attention away from watching doing anything else eating pooping sleeping so that's just redonkulous are you surprised you may say it's ridiculous and you're right but are you surprised no because i mean if i mean i haven't played fortnite but if like like we were talking if any if everything's like a buck a couple of bucks and it's a free-to-play game so you sit there and you drop a buck here, a buck there, a couple bucks here, there. You buy a season pass for 20 bucks. And yeah, by the end of the year, you know, you've spent 80 bucks. They're more willing to spend 2 or $5 at a time than $60 all at once. Because the upfront cost is a higher bar to entry. And I feel like Fortnite's gotten so big now that it's become so big that people hate it just to hate it. Like, it's cool to hate Fortnite. I think that's where I'm at. I don't hate Fortnite. I could take it or leave it. So, like, I, I, you know, people obviously have fun with it. They enjoy it. That's great. I just, I don't, you know, I myself am not into the phenomenon, but I don't hate it. I just think it's great when people, like, it's amazing when something gets so big that people hate on it just because it's popular. Oh, I wasn't hating on it because it was popular. Oh, yeah, maybe I was. And it, anno- and it annoys my ne- nieces and nephews. Well, Assassin's Creed Odyssey is pretty popular, but people aren't hating on it because of its popularity. No, see, I, when this story broke, people are hating on it because of the way its latest DLC ended, and Ubisoft had to uh, make or publicly give out an apology because the fans were irate. And I couldn't understand why and until I read... The article, I found it interesting that they had to apologize for the DLC. So, it, it contains spoilers. So, if you... Well, essentially, like... Can you dance around it? Because I can't dance around it without coming out and I'll, saying... I'll try, to, I'll try to dance around it. Um, I think that... I mean, the big... I read the article. The big thing with Assassin's Creed Odyssey, and I haven't played it, but they marketed it as the player... The characters were built around your decisions. 
As in, you basically would choose who the, the characters become. Now, obviously, there's some limitations to that because it's a game. But it seems like the DLC, whether regardless, it came down to a big choice. And regardless of which choice you made, it didn't really do anything. Like, you still came to the same result. Yes, and that made people upset. Now, after I read the article that way, I'm like, now I can understand why fans were so upset. Because if you if you build the game as your choices matter, and, and they did up until the DLC comes out, and then you get to the end of the DLC and they shoehorned you into what they wanted to do, I could see why fans fans would be upset by that and and throw a fit. At first, I was just kind of, to steal a line from Donnie, you know, crybaby gamers just com- complaining about something. But having read this article and seeing how it was billed one way, but they still shoehorned you over here, people have a legitimate gripe then. Because it wasn't, as advertised. Well, and the the thing is, like, I mean, we remember this with Mass Effect when people demanded a different ending. I still don't think people should have felt like they could demand a different ending. But basically, like, with Mass Effect, there's so many avenues you can go down and so many ways you can take your characters, but in the end, like, you were bottlenecked into a few choices to where it seemed like everything else you did before didn't really matter. Uh, I mean, I understand that, like... I, I don't know. The DLC, like, it's not part of the main game. Do they need to apologize? I think they can come out and say that, hey, you know, we understand this isn't... Like, acknowledge that what they gave fans isn't what they want, what they wanted. And, like, say that, hey, you know... I don't think an apology was necessary. It's nice that they acknowledge it and say, hey, maybe there's a better way we could have done this. But, I mean, was it necessarily needed? I, I don't think so. I think that when you come out and... Like, you admit your mistakes, and you say, hey, we fucked up here, or this is, you know, we understand where you guys are coming from. I think that earns a lot of credibility with gamers, because, you know, with anything, like, that is going to say, okay, they are listening to us, they understand where we're coming from. I mean, if the game, if the game is buggy, if the game's unplayable, if people paid, you know, 20 bucks, or however much it is, for something they can't play, yes, apologies and refunds are necessary. But, you know, in this case, acknowledging that things could have been handled better... I think that that is definitely a positive, and I think it helps with credibility with gamers. Necessary, though, uh, not really. I'm okay with that. Yeah. I mean, if you if you fuck up, admit it, and if you feel like people are mad, address it so that they don't think that you're not listening to them and you're just some evil empire. I, I don't really think that... I don't think that an apology was needed in the sense of... in the sense of... of there was some injustice done? Yeah. I mean, you can, I, I guess you can say that, that you're bad because, like I was saying, you build the game one way, but yet we shoehorned you this way. Um, you know, other than that, you know, you can probably acknowledge the fact that, you know, hey, maybe we could have done a better way, a better, uh, we could have done better at our, at our, our, uh, Basically could have delivered, um, taken the story or given the players the options that they felt like they were advertised. Yes. With. Like when, when the game was first, like when the press and the, the advertising were sort of like building up the media campaign for this game or done a better job with, with the narrative. I, 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 I read the article. I understood more of why there was a complaint, but to me, it wasn't like a, it's not like they robbed you of your money. Yeah, I feel like people, you know, they should. They this is a, an area where they can, and an instance where they can share their displeasure, and it's warranted. I just don't think this is a grave injustice that anybody needs to apologize for. But good on Ubisoft for acknowledging it and acknowledging that people weren't happy with it. I concur. Ubisoft is not the evil empire. Like I said, I would like to see Star Wars in the hands of Ubisoft because I think Ubisoft could actually do some really good things with it. Which at one time Ubisoft was kind of on the edge of the evil empire. Well, I mean, you could say that about all big publishers. But before we get out of here, we got to clean this shit up and do some housekeeping. Sweeping it up. Get out the brooms. Trophy Horse, proven gamer as a whole, is looking 
for writers, podcasters, video editors, news reporters, YouTubers even, Twitchers, if you're a Twitcher, go to ProvenGamer.com. There's a tab up there for help wanted. Click it. Leave your info. Tricky will get back to you as soon as possible. We have contact information where you can reach us. You can reach uh, before, us. Hey, before we go on, and, and Tricky made this point last week. Uh, Tricky's got some issues going on in his personal life. He's you know he's got a lot coming at him. So if for some reason you know you submit something to the help wanted tab and he doesn't get back to you right away, please understand that Tricky's got a lot going on and just be patient with him and just give him you know enough time to respond. He's not ignoring you. No, he's not ignoring you. He doesn't do that. If you're a Twitter, I'm a Twitterer. You can reach Proven Gamer at Proven Gamer. You can reach the show at Trophy Horse. You can reach me at I Yield to No One, Tricky at Tricky Mick, Sid at Sitters. Nope, nope, Sitterney. Sitterney. Sorry, I was going to give us PSN. At Sitterney. S I D D E R N E Y. There you go. You can reach Steve at Batchild27. Yes, 27. Just, I think, I always remember 27 is like the channel Nickelodeon was when I was a kid. Exactly. And you can reach Alex, even though he's gone away from Twitter, at Sondasaurus Rex. I mean, I could always log on again and see who's shouting at me, but usually in the past when I've done that, no one shouted at me, so. No. There's no, there's no um, reason for me to get on there except to get on there and, uh, tweeted the Pokemon Go account when I'm not happy with some stuff they're doing. Yeah. Occasionally I'll send him something over Twitter, video game related. Hey, check this out. But if he doesn't answer, then I get him on Facebook. Yeah, don't get offended because I just haven't seen it. I don't. Uh, you can send us an email. We love emails. Trophyhorse at ProvenGamer.com You can even leave us a voice message. And not just us. You can leave the writers, editors, anybody on the site. A phone message. Phone number is 330-PROVEN-9, 330-776-8369. And if you don't want to dial a phone, there is a SpeakPipe app on the website that you can just click and leave a voicemail that way. We have other podcasts besides Trophy Horse. We have a PG Spoilers. Yes, I've been told. There was a PG Spoilers sighting. It was about God of War. We also have Nintendo Dual Screens and Game Stuff. All these podcasts can be found on your various podcast apps. Google, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Trophy Horse, and Nintendo Dual Screens can be found on iHeartRadio. Yeah, so only Trophy Horrors and Nintendo Dual Screens can be found on, found on Spotify. Oh, fudge, I messed that up. I thought I went too far. See, that's why Alex is here. We also have the PlayStation 4 communities. Sight's got one, Proven Gamer. Trophy Horse has one called T-Dub's Brothel, because it's where the whores hang out. And we're not allowed to say whores on the network. I have one called the Platinum Guild. And that's all of our communities that we have here at Proving Gamer at the moment. So now we'll head into our sponsors. Our first sponsor is our Patreon producer, Felicia Staff. We are also sponsored by Humble Bundle. Alex? Yep, Humble Bundle. If you have, if you don't know what the Humble Bundle is, it is a charity initiative that every month uh, you can go to the website humblebundle.com. I'll always provide you the link to our personal page um, in the show description that comes out on provengamer.com every Wednesday. And uh, basically, it's a charity initiative, and every month they'll bundle they'll bundle together some games valued over usually over two hundred dollars, where you can name your price for those games. Uh, the more you spend. Uh, there's different tiers to each bundle, so the more you spend, uh, the more you'll get. But you can name your own price. If you want to pay two bucks, you'll still get the baseline of games. If you want to spend twenty bucks, you'll get pretty much all the games. Uh, the really nice thing is that all the money goes to charity, so you are helping people, and you're getting some pretty good game or like a very good value of games for cheap. And some of them, oftentimes, very good games. Uh, they also have games on sale on the Humble Bundle page. So go check out humblebundle.com to see what they have this month. 
It's cold outside. No one really wants to go outside. So stay in, warm up with some games, some hot cocoa and a blanket. You know, check out Humble Bundle and see what they have. If there's anything you like, you know, the money goes to charity. So help some people out. We are also sponsored by Amazon. If you could, if you would, before buying from Amazon, head over to Proven Gamer. There's a uh, ad in the sidebar. You just click on it, kicks you right over to Amazon. You can do your shopping as normal. A little bit of the proceeds of what you buy gets thrown back our way. Helps us keep the lights on. We're going to let Tricky explain our Patreon. If you do like the show, please consider supporting us in Patreon uh, that we can use to, to make the show better, um, to help with just some behind-the-scenes things. But, of course, anything you guys contribute via Patreon will go to Trophy Horrors and to making a better proc for you all, a more awesome podcast. But we'll let Tricky tell you about all the details because we don't necessarily have access to all of that. Uh, I don't have dollar amounts, so I'm, and that's not really the important thing. Um, if we raise a certain amount of money, uh, we're going to put the basic audio versions of the show on YouTube. Um, if our next goal after that is we're going to have a community game night and when once a month, uh, we will do a stream where, uh, proven gamer members and the PlayStation, uh, the PlayStation, the proven gamer community can all play together and we're going to put it on YouTube. Uh, a fifth podcast is going to be released, uh, is our next goal. Uh, after that, we're going to have a mobile app for the website. Um... The, the 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 perk that I want to get to um, that I, I'm hopefully is the podcast host swap. Um, this what, what what that basically means is that you'll have the trophy horse host an episode of Game Stuff. Game Stuff will host Nintendo Dual Screens, and Dual Screens will host Trophy Horse. And we're gonna do the show as we're like the normal host. If we reach a certain re- uh, goal, we're gonna give. Every month, away a either an Xbox One, a PlayStation Four, a PlayStation Vita, a 3DS, or a Switch. Um, and you know you and if even if we don't meet those goals, depending on what uh, level you support us at, um, you can support the podcast, you can support the writers, you can support the Twitch streamers, uh, what it is, and there's certain perks. So uh, you know you'll get a personal handwritten message from every one of us thanking you for your help. Uh, like Felicia, you get uh, your name read at every uh, at the end of every podcast as a Patreon producer. Um, we'll do live streams with you, whatever uh, you know, as the purse goes. And uh, at one of the levels is uh, you support enough, we'll uh, we'll pimp out your brand, your product, your podcast, or whatever for a month of shows and all the shows, and we'll get the word out about your product. So. There you go. That's Patreon. And our last sponsor is Extra Life. I believe it's November 3rd this year. Or is it November 2nd? November 3rd. November 3rd. I thought that's what it was. So November 3rd this year is Extra Life. If you don't know what Extra Life is, although I'm pretty sure you probably do, but if you're a first-time listener, Extra Life is a 24-hour, since it's on November 3rd, it's actually technically a 25-hour video game marathon that benefits the Children's Miracle Network of Hospitals. So if you would like to sign up, you go to extra-life.org. You can sign up. You can be your own team. You can join Proven Gamer or join our team. Proven Gamer has a team. We'd love to have you. Or, hey, if you want to form your own team, go right ahead. So what you do is you sign up. You get people to donate to you. Friends, coworkers, family members, neighbors. Doesn't matter. Donate to you to, you know, hey, here's 50 bucks, here's 20 bucks, a dollar an hour, whatever, to play video games on November 3rd for 25 hours. 100% of the money that you collect will go to a Children's Miracle Network hospital of your choosing. You can choose your local one. You can choose one that maybe helped the family member. You can just close your eyes and scroll and be like, that one. Whichever one, 100% of the money that you get donated to you will go to that hospital of your choosing so it's a win-win you get to do your favorite hobby and you also get to help you know kids that don't get to be kids shout outs 
All right. Well, as always, I want to thank the listeners, the people that are the fuel to the fire that is Trophy Horse. Uh, thank you all for your continued support through all the years. If you're a new listener, welcome to Trophy Horse. We hope you guys decide to stick around because every week we've got goodness for you all. We've got a lot of opinions, a lot of banter. I like to think we're pretty interesting and funny. So, you know, thank you all very much for joining us every week. We all know everyone is busy. We know everyone's got a lot going on in their lives. Whether you listen to us while you're driving, whether you listen to us at work, uh, whether you're listening to us while you're running out for a jog, which if you're doing it this time of the year, good for you because, quite frankly, I don't want to go outside and run anywhere. But just thank you all for being supporters of the show. It, we you know, we could not be where we are now with Trophy Horrors. We could not be on Spotify. We could not be on iHeartRadio without your continued support. So thank you all very much. Uh, lastly, I want to give a shout-out to uh, my living girlfriend, Ashley. I, I haven't been playing a ton of PlayStation these days, but, you know, that doesn't mean I'm not gaming in some fashion. And, you know, Ashley and I, we like to go out with uh, Jonah, and we like to, to play Pokemon Go. We like to go do raids. We like to go do, like, raid days and special research. So thank you very much, Ashley, for always accompanying me on that. I love you, and I, I love your, your enthusiasm for, like, all the quirky things that I am, and sometimes really silly, dumb things that I'm into. Um... But just thank you for always being a good partner to me and just kind of giving me the support that I've always needed and just allowing me to be me and not and just loving me regardless of how weird I am or how like infantile I can be. Um, just thank you for all of it. I would like to give a shout out to all the Pinson and Adams of the Whoredom. Thank you for downloading, listening, spreading the news that is Proven Gamer and Trophy Horrors. Uh, like to give a shout out to Game Informer, which put together the articles that allowed me to put them in the show notes. I would like to give a shout out to Alex for helping me stumble my way through hosting this week. And I would like to give a shout out to my wife, who made cookies as we were preparing for Snowmageddon. What kind of cookies? Chocolate chip. Oh, God, Fresh out of the oven chocolate chips are the best cookies ever. Fresh out of the oven. Yeah, they were good. Ah, uh, that'll do me for this week. We're done. See ya. Later. Happy trophy hunting. The theme song is Venus by the band Even off their album Zenith. Permission granted by the band and 12 Stone Records. You can find them on Facebook by going to www.facebook.com slash evenphilippines.